Welcome back, everyone, to an illustrious Monday morning here on the podcast. It is October 26, 2020. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, and we're back in a big way. Not really in a big way, but we're back. Uh, This weekend's been big. Um, A lot to go on, a lot to talk about. I know I've been out for an episode, but that's okay. I know I didn't break down the other fight. It's fine. It kind of went the way everyone thought it was going to. It wasn't really breaking anything down, and it's good that I didn't because I got all my picks wrong. Um, So for those that were wondering how I got it, I'm not going to lie to you. Got everything wrong. Uh, Not everything, but the majority of what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. So anyway, let's get to it. Once again, you can find this podcast on SouthernScrapNation.com, Southern Scrap Nation podcast everywhere. It's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, podcast app, wherever you can find these things, as well as all your social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SouthernScrapNation.com, um, for all that. But for right now, just focus, mo- mace, uh, focus mainly on the audio podcast, because that's what it's going to be for a second, and then we'll start we'll start getting some video in there, and then hopefully when this website's all done, I can go ahead and put up some other stuff. Let's see what the website looks like right now. No, it's not. I've been I know I've been preaching this, but it's supposed to be supposed to be set anyway. Um. It looks good, too, the new one, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see what else. Okay. So why don't we get into what happened this past weekend, a big UFC card in Abu Dhabi. We had UFC 254. We had Khabib versus Justin Gaethje in a lightweight main event, and then the co-main event, we had Robert Waker versus Jared Cannonier, as well as... a. Some other great performances. As far as things to talk about, shout out to Phil Dawes for just a 18 seconds, 18 second knockout of Jacob Malcoon, Malcoon, who was a he was an up and coming prospect, training partner of Robert Whitaker. I don't know if the big lights got to him. I mean, he is only four and one as a pro. But he had all the hype behind him, and he just got stuck behind those two black lines and froze for a second, and Phil Hawes hits hard, and he knocked him out. There's not much more to say about that. That's just what happened. He got stuck behind the back lines. He got his back against the cage and can't move that way. So then you had Lauren Murphy submitting Lilia Shakirov. Shakirov? Shakarova? Shakarova. Ah, got it. Uh, Lauren Murphy versus Lilia Shakarova. Um, to say about this fight, it was Lauren Murphy's second opponent that pulled out, I think. Either way, her opponent pulled out. And this is a late replacement. Maybe first opponent pull out. Late replacement. And when it, it was just an odd first round. Lauren Murphy seemed to be the bigger fighter, walking her down, but Lilia, she was hitting her with some pretty good awkward strikes. She couldn't get any of the takedowns. She had a lot of hype coming behind her. 
But then the second round, Lauren Murphy submitted her. She got to her back and choked her out. Um, Lauren made a claim to be the number one contender in the flyweight division. I don't know about that, but I think her versus... Um, I think her, her versus Cynthia Calvillo to solidify that would be a great, would be a great fight. Hold on, women. Let's see. Caitlin Chukagian just lost. Jessica Andrade. I mean, technically, Jessica Andrade just knocked her way out into that decision as to who's going to fight next. But let's see. Lauren Murphy, Cynthia Cavio, or you can do Lauren Murphy versus Jessica Andrade. Do Cynthia Cavio versus Jessica Andrade. I don't know. You just had one person jump the line. And her only two losses were in a championship fight, or one was in a championship fight, and then she lost the decision to Rose. Um... From the top ten up, Roxanne Montefiore's on a on a win, but she lost to Lauren. It's Jennifer Maya. Cynthia's and Lauren are the only two on a three fight win streak. I think they should fight each other. I think Lauren versus Cynthia to make who fights next for the title makes the most sense to me. All right, and then you had uh, the. You had the rematch between Magomed Enclave versus Iron Kutalaba. I already broke this to fight down, and this is the only one I got right because of breaking it down correctly. Magomed, and having the time to, Magomed was clearly the better fighter in the first fight. It just got stopped early, and he made a point of it in this fight by ending it very, not quickly, but, you know, four minutes in, he stepped off and hit a beautiful right hand. And just floored him. Uh, he was just the better fighter. There's not much more to say about it. I'll watch it again because it was cool. Um, but yeah, the first one, uh, it's, I don't want to call it a fluke. Because he's not, I mean, he, Ion's a very good fighter. I just, um, you just see it in his feet. Enclave is number 11. I think he's going to, I think lightweight, he's one to look out for, for sure. He's good everywhere. He's like, Mag, uh, he's like Magomed, what's his name? Zabit. He's kind of like a light heavyweight version of Zabit. Obviously, his footwork's a little bit different. He's not Kung Fu master or whatever, but he's very light on his feet. He's good everywhere. He's got knockout power like crazy. Um, actually, let me take that away. He's not exactly like Zabit. He doesn't throw the craziest stuff, but he's technically very, very good. I don't know who a good example of, I guess, I mean, his backward movement's great. I mean, he knocks Ion out with a backward shot. He's southpaw.
I think it's a step off right hand. I'm, that's what I'm sorry. I'm just waiting for to see if it's a step off right hand. I'm pretty sure it is. And yeah, Ion just keeps moving forward. He does the dipping, his his um, shifting his weight to either hip to get his head off the center line. Very Tyson esque. But Iron Clay's the sniper. And moving forward, he is moving forward and throwing punches, but he gets squared up right. He gets squared up. Oh, no, that's not the one. But another head kick. As soon as Enclave gets behind the black line, that's when Ion starts shooting, but he's following. Yeah. He uses the left hand to set up the right. Uh, it was pretty. It was super pretty. So shout out to that guy. Definitely a danger at the light heavyweight division. And then the heavyweight division, you had Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. Alexander Volkov hitting a noise. Rear front kick to the stomach in the second round. I mean, it was a... Volkov just needed to get his his rhythm going, but once he did, that body shot. I mean, there's not much... I mean, to me, I, I mean, I feel bad for... I feel bad for Walt Harris, in a way. Like, I just want this guy to get a win. Put a lot of work in. Life's been not so great for him. So it'd be great to see him get there. But you just saw it. Volkov went in there and he just, just a better striker. I, I was rooting for Walt Harris. But Volkov is a mean man. I mean, he's Vitaly Minikov. Man, that was an old fight, though. Um, also, Volkov coming out with a sick back piece. The the stingray's gone, and now it's this kabuki mask. And it, I mean, it's fucking... As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, Volkov's ready to win. Yeah, you can just see his rear back kick, the whole fight, it pushed Walt Harris off line. He was great framing, just being the tall fighter. It's the difference between the Stefan Struve and Tai Tuivasa fight. Shout out to Tai for getting back in, into the win column. But you just see it. Volkov is a better striker being, like, striking tall. Like, he uses his his height very, very well. Stefan never used his height very well. He should have been able to, but he never did. And he just looks, I mean, Volkov just looks sharp using that frame. Kick up the middle. I mean, he just was using that. Every time Harris would headhunt, Volkov would just go to the body. The feints. I mean, that framework is amazing with the left hand. And putting Walt Harris on the back foot, forcing him to throw heavy moving backwards. Yeah, he fakes the rear kick, and then he goes up the middle with the punches. That was the first round. All right, second round comes out. Uh, same thing, just the same 
but as Volkov or as uh, as Harris protects his head, so Volkov's framing, occupying one hand, and then since Alex would throw the right hand down the pipe, Volkov would throw that in the pipe. That right hand, Walt would have something to worry about with his right hand or with his left hand. So both lead hands are occupied, but it's a matter of who throws faster and harder with that rear hand. And as soon as Volkov occupies that lead hand, instead of throwing the right hand, he can also throw that snap kick to the body, and he does, just out of nowhere. He just catches him in a lull. Just all, like, you're moving back and forth. You're, you're... I actually got, <laughs> on Saturday, I actually got dropped by one of those. That's hilarious. Um, and sparring, I got dropped by one of those exactly. Uh, well, not exactly, but I was hunched over a little bit more. It was a weird angle. But, uh, but same kick, same kind of thing, same situation. Um, yeah, it sucks. I don't, I, <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet it even hurts more when Volkov does it. I, oh, oh. So shout out to Volkov, just slowly making his way back to that top. I mean, who he lost to Blades. I mean, it's just a hard fight for. I mean, but all that before a decision, Greg Hardy, and then he had that crazy loss to Derek Lewis. But back on the win column. Uh, all right. And then in the co-main event, man, I had this fight all messed up. All right, so Robert Whitaker looking prime Robert Whitaker in this fight. Just out piecing Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier said he got his arm broken from the first kick because Robert Whitaker throws those sneaky high kicks. And so maybe Jer- I think Jared blocked with his arm and it broke his arm. But Jared was going to the well with those leg kicks and really... Put in, putting it in, but it just did not slow Robert down. I mean, he outstruck Jared in all three rounds, and then he, he hit him with a head kick in the final round. That Or one of the rounds. Um, but it dropped him. He went face flat. Something that most people wouldn't have been able to survive from. We've seen other fighters just collapse. But it was just those blitzing. Robert just felt loose. He was hitting with the jab. The jab popped constantly. Pop, 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 pop. Every time Jared would use those, he would try to use the head movement that he's real good with, but Rob's got a real fantastic jab, and he can constantly feint with that in-and-out movement. So constantly feinting. And then maybe hitting it with a jab. Head movement works, but in a situation like that, he was doing everything right. He was kicking the legs. It just, Rob felt, he, he was feeling it that night. I thought Jared was, I mean, he took, he took, Jared's back. I think it's just a one-two kick. 
That's all that. Yeah, it's just the one-two kick that he throws. He gets everyone with it. You can know it's coming. It's like the Khabib shit. Like, you can know it's coming. I love his... Uh, I mean, I'm loving... I'm starting to love Robert's ground game. It's coming together. Um, better and better. Uh, when he had Till on the ground, he was throwing some heavy ground and pound. Jared, he had some pretty good ground and pound. He's, st- he's sticking to these guys like butter on the ground. Or not like butter, but like, you know. Like on white on rice, you know? He took Jared's back. Like, his jiu-jitsu's great. Jared survived, and he survived the fight, and he got out of there. But it was just an A-class performance by Robert Whitaker. There's a funny video. You can find it. Go on YouTube. It's during his press, post-fight press conference. And they ask him about the Izzy fight. And he goes, I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, Dana really wants to see that rematch. And he's like, yeah, I mean, he's a really tough, he's a tough fight. Like, I don't, like, I just want to go home <laughs> and spend Christmas with my kids. But he's like, yeah, I'll fight him. But he's fucking good. And he's gotten only better. Like, I don't, like, I'll fight him. But fuck, man. Let me go home and see my kids first. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, yes. I would love to fight him. I'd love to, yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, eventually in the future we'll fight. Wherever it might be, but... Jesus. <laughs> all right. And then in the main event, we had what we all thought. Kind of. I mean, Justin, once again, Justin made a great analogy for this, for fights in general. They're all car crashes, right? So he tried. He tried with his car crashes. And he, he said in a post-fight, he's, he said, listen, he's not going to be able to walk right for a couple days. And those kicks, great. But the lack, the, just the cold face of Khabib, not, be, not ever knowing if he's ever been hurt, he, to be able to walk through the leg kicks that others have just not been able to take, to use the, to use, to out, not out bot, but to out jab in a way, Justin. And the first round, he only got one takedown. He didn't really do much with it, but he stood up and he almost outstruck Justin standing. But in the first round, he gets to a position, and I think he just knew Justin wasn't good off his back. So he kind of just like, I mean, you could detail grappling-wise. The details of him like taking mount and everything and then going for a submission. Because he does it it beautifully. Like the way he climbs up Justin, he takes him down and, and DC kind of details this piece by piece, but he weaves the legs over making it, and in this position with the hand, with the wrist ride, you can either turn to your back and give your back up, or you can just give him mount. Now, those aren't great options, but you give him your back, and Khabib's going to take the neck. So, Justin accepts mount in the first round, like 10 seconds to go or 20 seconds to go. Khabib climbs up the body on mount and he starts to set up an armbar. 
traditional judo armbar. Like, inside the armpit, you sit back, and tight as fuck. So he goes for it. Justin's, you know, stubborn and does the right defense, gets parallel to Khabib, kind of negating the armbar in general. Time's up. End of the round. They start back again. Some of the same stuff, but Khabib shoots in perfectly. Just at the right time. Like the whole last round, he kind of made Justin um, think, oh, maybe he's just going to stand and strike with me. Maybe he's just going to, maybe my takedown defense is too good. But uh, yeah, so Justin did exactly what I thought he was going to do good with was staying behind the black line. And he would hit Khabib with some overhand rights, especially when Justin didn't put his feet behind the black line and he defended the first takedown. And when he defended the first body lock takedown and he had the awareness of getting the head to the other side to circle out to his right, at that moment I was like, he's doing it. He's doing what everyone could not do. And that's just dis the fucking gauge. Just all he was getting good at was making sure Khabib doesn't get his hands together, getting better head position, and getting out and just creating distance. But Khabib's relenting pace and pressure is something that others don't have because of his the fear that he, he has in the ground. Khabib can just walk forward because if he does get hit, he can just drop down for a takedown at any point. So he can just walk forward. He just walked Gagey down, just walked him, walked him forward, ate some of his big shots, hit a real, got hit with a big shot to the body, but Khabib is just literally fighting. He's not doing anything. Like, it's hard to break down his technique because it's not technique. It's his instinct. He's got the ability to just walk forward, throw punches. And then he's just grabbing. He's grabbing. As soon as he gets close enough, it doesn't matter if he's punching, kicking, whatever he's doing. He's also trying to pull on the back of the head. It's not traditional stuff. So then he gets the takedown. He sees Gaethje's, man, I mean, you're talking about moments where Gaethje fucks up. Gaethje's too far behind the cage, too far behind those black lines. All he has to do is drive in, and but Cage does all the rest of the work. He wraps the legs up, as Khabib does, and he goes for the arm bar. Ronda Rousey style. It's tight. I mean, it's a Sambo master kind of tight, and he got there in a quickness. But the round ends, gets up. But let me see. Okay, so 30 seconds into the second round. Justin doing great work. I'm trying to, I think he misses on, yeah, he throws a low kick. Yeah, that's it. So Justin's behind the black lines once again, and he throws a low kick behind the black lines. The retraction that Justin does with his leg as he pulls it back, Khabib, all he has to do is grab his leg. Justin's doing the rest of the work for him. Justin pulls the leg back. It pulls Khabib into his waist. And the rest is what he does. He gets to the back. Same thing. He's going for the arm bar, but this time he fakes a triangle. Fakes to the arm bar. Fakes back to the... And then Justin, all Justin's doing is he's defending one that's leading him to the other. So it's the game of omoplata, arm bar, triangle. Omoplata, arm bar, triangle. Justin is not really defending the arm. I mean, 
Okay, let's say he is. Let's say he's defending the armbar right now. By st- he's going to try to stand up and stack him. <laughs> it's a way to defend an armbar. So as he goes to stand up and stack, so when Khabib switches it to a triangle, underhooks the leg, and it's over. I mean, he taps a bunch, and the ref doesn't see it, and then he goes out because Khabib doesn't have, like, long legs. So I bet there was no space. And just clinical, just a Sambo master. Uh, there's not much more to it, but what the more that we have to talk about is after the fight, Khabib undoes his gloves, Puts him in the octagon, signifying the end of the eagle. The eagle returns home, goes to roost. The question now becomes, okay, well, what the fuck with the lightweight belt? One. Two, is Khabib considered the goat now that he's put it down and put an end to the career? Three. Why now? Why not 20 and 0 or 30 and 0? Why 29 and 0? Um, so let's tackle these three different things um, differently, right? We'll we'll tackle them each. But remember to check the podcast out on SouthernScrapNation.com as well as all other listening platforms. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, SouthernScrapNation on all your social media. Um places facebook instagram twitter sunscrapmission.com for more sunscrapmission.com all right so first what's up with the lightweight belt what do we do with this okay well what do we do with this so you have justin gaethje off of a loss to khabib but before was on a four fight win streak knocking out everybody except for well technically knocked out tony then you have Dustin and Connor set the fight in January. Now as the UFC, you're probably salivating, going, "Well, why don't we just, why don't, why don't we just, why don't we just put the lightweight belt on that one? I make so much more money." And then like do what you know evil people do with their fingers. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. I mean, Connor hasn't fought at 155 and won a fight there in a while, so that doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but he does make a lot of fucking money. So, yeah, sure. I guess you could do that. Um, Dustin, you know, coming off of a fight with Dan Hooker winning. Yeah, arguably that's a, you know, that's a fight that you, you'd want for the lightweight. Then you have Michael Chandler just coming in. Tony Ferguson. And you know who else? And it's pissing me off that they don't mention him at all. But the the reason being is he just might need more, like one more fight for him to be in the talk about it. Charles Oliveira. Oh, it's because he's six. See, Charles Oliveira. All he has to do is beat. Dan Hooker or yeah, I mean Ishmael Makachev. They talk about they talk about Islam Makachev all, but he's all the way down at twelve. Like I'm, I'd rather see Benil Dariush 
with all his most recent work than Islam. To me, Charles Oliveira, Tony Ferguson. You got Dustin Poirier versus Connor. Doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. And Justin Gaethje. Dan Hooker? Or Michael Chandler? Michael Chandler's in there now, so that's kind of weird. Michael Chan- I guess Michael Chandler takes the place of Charles Oliveira. I guess. I guess that's or Dan Hooker. I guess that's the game we're playing. I I guess you could do Charles Oliveira versus Dan Hooker, but I don't know, man. I do not know. I, I guarantee you they're gonna do the Dustin Connor thing. It's just so predictable and why wouldn't you? You can make so much money that way. All right. So why? Uh, what was the second question? So now the lightweight belt is going to be put back onto Connor because he's going to fight Dustin and probably win. Don't get me wrong. Dustin has gotten better. I mean, hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like if you're... Uh, I just feel like... Connor's gotten better, too. In a way. Where... Here, this is what I... This is a good example. I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching Dragon Ball Super. They have it on Hulu. They have a whole 131 episodes of it. Of course, I'm going to dive into it and put it as background while I'm on my phone. Of course. But of course. I'm in this Frieza arc right now, right? The beer arc, now we're in Frieza. So Frieza comes back. For those that don't know who Frieza, big villain of Dragon Ball Z, probably one of the biggest. You, There's probably some reference of him that you know. Um, he comes back. From the dead. And he says, and this is after Goku's fought a bunch of other tougher guys. Cell, Boo. Some of the strongest people in the universe. Gotten stronger. Frieza in hell, obviously, having to repent for his sins. Um, But also having to watch all this by the sidelines. He comes back and he learns about this. And he goes, great. Now I have to train. Training is meant for, like, people lower than me. Like, he's, he's a prince, or he's a king in his mind. He's a prince, whatever. He's an emperor in his mind. So you got you to gotta think of the way he speaks. You think, he speaks like an emperor. Like, training to him is below him. In this scenario, Dustin is Goku. Dustin has fought some of the best motherfuckers in the world. Lost, won, beat them. While Connor hasn't really been doing anything. Connor's been hitting old men in bars, fighting off domestic abuse charge or um, fighting off sexual assault charges, like Pinata, just fucking battering them away. He's been fighting battles outside of the cage, and he fights one, and it's Donald Cerrone, and he knocks him out at one seventy. Connor's Frieza. 
But as much as Dustin's gotten better since the first time they fought, because Dustin has fought some of the best and just been in there grinding his heart out, Connor was still better than him on a level where he now is training a little bit. Like, he's training and he's gotten better a little bit, maybe, with his cardio. But it's enough to just be better than Dustin. And it's sad to see, but hard work sometimes just doesn't cut it. Because just like the fight with Khabib, there's just something special about Connor in the striking arts that even though you can put all in, all the hard work and you can find out all the game plans, it's just hard to catch up. And Khabib's the same thing with his grappling. You can do all the work. You can do all the hard work. But he's just something special. And when Connor's mind and heart is into it at 155 against someone he's already beaten, I think he's better there. The people he's going to have a tough time with are like a Tony Ferguson. Um, but even then, maybe. Maybe not. I mean, saw what Justin Gaethje does, and Justin Gaethje has had incredible footwork for that fight, and he beat him based off footwork. And Connor's very well known for his footwork. So, hmm. And, okay, so why now? Why 29? Well, could be said in his post-fight press conference. Or his post-fight speech. This was his dad's dream. And he promised his mom he'd fight this one more. But after this, he's done. Um, how old is he? He's like 32, 31. 32. He's been fighting all his life. The best guys ever. Undefeated, undisputed, lightweight, heavy, uh, lightweight champion of the world. Hasn't really lost one round, maybe, in his whole entire fighting career. He's done it. I mean, I don't blame him. His dad died. It was his. It was his dad's dream. Now he can be free. He wants to be free. He did this, and this isn't even his passion. I just, I want people to recognize what that means. That means there are people out there that are very good at graphic design, but their true hobby isn't graphic design. <coughs> They're more into, like, actual design, like wood cutting or something. But you're so good at graphic design that you just do it because that's what makes you money, and that's what keeps your family fed, and that's what keeps everyone, you know, happy. That's what keeps God happy. Well, you're God happy. And then when your father, your coach, your mentor, your everything goes away, and then you realize, I have more money than anything ever. Everyone's happy. The rest of the people here don't care if I continue or not. They just want to see me happy. I'm 30. Why not I just stop everything now? Just live my life. Be with his kids. The same way Robert Whitaker expresses he just wants to spend Christmas with his kids Khabib wants to do that, but all the time. Robert missed, like, 
a Christmas or something, and you know that, and he attributes all that to the Israel knockout and like why he had to take a step away from the sport. Khabib has, like, I mean, he's been with his family at times, and it's a pretty private lifestyle or whatever. Well, at the same time, his main focus has just been fighting and being a champion. And he had, he's got kids and a fan, and people didn't even realize that until he fought Connor. Just like Nate's got a wife. Like, people just don't know these things because there's some people that just keep it quiet, and their main goal is this. I respect those people because they can keep their personal and professional lives separate. But when you get a chance to win, you're on top, try to match this record, and then not only try to match this record, but try to match it as dominantly. Israel is the only one, but even then, not dominantly. To me, Khabib's the MMA GOAT in a way where According to the credentials that a goat needs to be, they need to be like a clean. They need to be a clean athlete. They need a, you know, it needs to be dominant, undefeated. Yada 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 yada. Yes, in a way, I think Khabib is that. He's a good. He's a good figurehead for what a goat should be. Now, these are where the hate's going to come in. Numbers-wise, is he the goat? No. John has defended his belt 14 fucking times. I understand. And GSP is, okay, fine. George is the best example. Because George doesn't have the PED thing. But he's defended his belt 12 fucking times or something like that. Of course, he had two losses. I get that losses matter. But also, Khabib's only defended his belt four times, and he's only got, like, 12 UFC fights. George has, like, all UFC fights. There was a moment in time that people do not remember where Khabib, as dominant as he was, just did not fight. Just didn't fight. You go through and look at the people he's beaten. Gleason Tebow, 2012, and then Kamal Shalarus. Pat Healy, Abel Trujillo, Joe Tavares, 2013-14. And then between 2014 and 16, he didn't fight anybody because he had surgery, understandable. And he fought two. He fought once in 2017. Twice in 18. So, yes, in most recent history, and when I mean recent, I mean past five years, people got to see this return, the return of Khabib. And is he the goat of the lightweight division? Of course. Oh, yeah, lightweight division? No, no doubt about it. Hands down, lightweight. But of all guys and all gals, oh. No. I think you're going to have to give that one to George. The reason being is because when you look at his record, 
let's just say retired. Where is this? Okay. When did he fight in the UFC? Okay. He has one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. So he's got like 23 fights in the UFC. Khabib does not have that many. Just UFC talent at that time was just way better. And on top of that, as much as George has only lost twice, he's come back and he's written those wrongs. And then never looked back since. Um, I know it wasn't as dominant but he's a heavier weight he's also welterweight and middleweight champion and unless they want to fight each other which highly doubt it George is 39 years old um that's to me the only way that you're gonna. That's the only way to me, you're gonna. You're gonna dictate who's the goat. Is if those two fight, John. As a specimen, yes. One of the best. I just think he has so much controversy behind him that it only makes sense. So for the time being, yes, I think Khabib should be the goat. Give him that. Give him that as he retires. He's given so much to the sport. And he deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves this. And he deserves retirement. And he deserves praise. And he deserves all of it. The way he let go after his father, after his win. I mean, let this guy have a burger. Let this guy have tiramisu. This guy deserves it. So shout out to Khabib. Shout out to the GOAT. Uh, what time are we on? Okay, that's enough for today. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back Wednesday. I'll break down the fights coming up this weekend. We've got a UFC main card. Oh, on ho- it's a Halloween weekend. Um, full of spoon. No. 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 Will I be here? Uh, well, I'll, mm, I'll be back Monday. I will be able to break it down, though. It's not really a scary card. I was going to say it was a scary card. But it's not. It's a pretty normal card. 
I will say uh, there are some returns with some people that I'm pretty interested in. Uh, Alex Hernandez coming back. Courtney Casey doesn't have a fight. All right, what's the main card? Oh, this is the Uriah Hall card. Um, Uriah versus Anderson Silva. Fuck yeah. That's fun main event. That's really... Actually, Andre, Andre Feely versus Bryce Mitchell's uh, a fun co-main event. Return of Greg Hardy. And Bobby Green. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Pretty good card. Pretty good Halloween card. All right. Well, I'll be back on Wednesday to break that down. Until then, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the fights. And until next time, I've been your host, Daniel Jonas, as always. This has been Southern Scrap Nation. Until next time, peace.